<laughs> All <laughs> right, welcome back. We are here, sounds of the crowd. September 7th, 2020, 7 p.m. on a Monday. Happy Labor Day to the fellas. All right, we got DA, we got Reina, no DB today, dealing with uh, some personal uh, things. Hopefully everything's all good there. But um, Danny, coming straight from uh, straight from the coast, huh? Yeah, straight from the uh, shit show itself. <laughs> <laughs> hey, America's back, baby. America's back. We had a, uh, a nice, fun um, uh, Labor Day uh, boat parade in Lake Travis. <laughs> Austin, uh, Austin our, our Austin representative, Rio Rena, you got anything on that? Uh, somehow we lost more ships than the Battle of Midway. I don't know how that's possible, but it happens. My favorite is the meme of the Titanic meme where it has Jack and Rose is on the, and Jack is on the floating. And, and I saw that. <laughs> that yeah. one's funny. Dude with the red hat on. Uh, oh, not, hopefully everybody. You know, okay, the New York obviously. Knicks were in town. They tanked. Uh, speaking of the New York Knicks, playoff basketball, right in the thick of it, man. We got the game on right now is surprisingly the Celtics are and Raptors are 2-2 now. That was that was a crazy turn of events, huh? Oh yeah. I loved it. I loved it. OG man, he hit that shot. He made that series a hell of a lot more interesting. Doesn't make that shot, it's over. Right. Yeah, absolutely. So now it's 2-2. And, but today it's it's not looking great for the Raptors. DB's Raptors are down uh, 62 to 35 at halftime, so it's not looking good for them. I guarantee as we speak. What's that? I, I guaranteed it. Uh, Celtics victory. Unlike Charles Barkley, actually give good guarantees. <laughs> yeah, I think we all kind of saw this coming. I know me and Danny had a little juice on the uh, Celtics money. Uh, Celtics minus two today. That's looking strong. Hopefully. Uh, but you know, you just never know sometimes the Clippers nuggets after that. And then the nuggets kind of brought the Clippers back down to earth. Um, so the, the Clippers killed them game one, right? It was like 20 point lead, a 20 point win. Reino is, uh, Reina's guarantee there was not, not so hot. Uh, but then the next day they came back with a vengeance. Did y'all watch that game? I, I missed it. I didn't see exactly what happened, but I, it's I saw domination, some, huh? Yeah, well, I saw some of it, but Ka- Kawhi, I think he uh, was his first game in, I think, 47 straight games. There's some ridiculous number of not scoring at least 15 points in the playoffs. Wow. Like, he has that lo- a long playoff streak, I think, I guess, going back all the way to, um, to San Antonio. Oh, he used to play for the Spurs? <laughs> well, he was paid by the Spurs his last season. <laughs> Yeah, we got most of the seasons out of them. <laughs> and then he had a, a zero. He put a goose egg up in the fourth, huh? Yeah, I, th- I think it was. Um, I think it was three for seventeen or four for seventeen all night. He had it was yeah. a Russell Westbrook kind of night for Kawhi. Oh, oh Russ. So, so what are you expecting, Rain? What are you expecting tonight from uh, from the Clippers against the Nuggets? I think they're back to business. Uh, I think it's just off night. Kawhi doesn't rarely, he rarely has off nights. Um, Paul George apparently doesn't step up either. So I think uh, once Kawhi comes back to work, you know, they'll be back to business. So I got the Clippers winning this one. Yeah. Yeah, I, yeah. I agree, man. I mean, I think um, I think Jamal Murray is going to have his moments where he gets hot, gets streaky, win a couple games. 
I mean, I don't know. I, I don't see this going seven, but uh, at the same time, right? I would think Dallas is better is a better team than the Nuggets, right? And and yeah, and they took them to seven. No, they took them to six. And so I just don't see the Nuggets taking them to seven unless the Lake uh, Clippers just like collapse. Right. Yeah, I don't see that happening either. Um, although Dallas might have been able to take them had they not lost uh, Porzingis and. Doncic got hurt and rolled his ankle up. You know, I'm not saying there would have been a blowout, but they were they were looking good, man. They have good offense too. They might have gone to seven if that yeah. first game KP stayed in. They might have gone to seven. Oh yeah, yeah. They could have stole that first game. Yeah, that's true. So yeah, yeah. I think it could have been an interesting series. Uh, I think they they for some reason the Clippers haven't been able to really. I think on paper they might be better than actually how they're playing right now. And yeah, um, I, I, I agree. I think the only team that's playing like really well and consistently is the Heat. Yeah, yeah for sure. I think everybody else is kind of up and down. Nobody's really gotten in a groove, which I mean, we're like, what, 20 games in now in the bubble? Yeah, yeah for the, sure. I mean, and, and the thing is, too, is that um, the Clippers team largely has had been not playing together for really yeah. this whole time you know they finally got Harold back and Harold won sixth man of the year but he hadn't played much all bubble yeah their their whole team was pretty lazy I mean they, most of those guys weren't wanting to play together they're taking a lot of games off and everyone was kind of half-assing it just waiting for the playoffs and it just doesn't look like they gelled that well so the Heat do look a lot better in that sense but I do yeah, think I, there's also something to say about um home routine you know what I mean like jumping on flights being at home sleeping in your own bed right doing those things like that's I mean everybody's on the road right so yeah. it's I don't know it's just it's just weird yeah and it's it's really been interesting to see like the game to game what's because and they're, they're so quick right it's not three game three days and then another game there's no there's no travel day in there uh, so it's one, you know, one after another every other day. And and so what we're seeing is we're seeing teams that are better than the other teams just show them, hey, we're better than you. Right. Yeah. And I was and I was surprised that the Celtics didn't do that to the Raptors, because usually you'll see, OK, we'll go back home and sneak out or steal two more at our home court and tie it up two two. And then now it's a series. Right. But now what we did see that with the Celtics and the and the Raptors, I was surprised to see that. But what we're not seeing it is with the uh, the Heat and, and Bucks, right? We'll talk about that here shortly. But uh, talk going back to the up and down play, Lakers and Rockets, man. Lakers look just freaking awful in Game One, man. Uh, they just LeBron just he, he he pisses me off sometimes because of the fact that he. He's almost willing to concede victory. He's almost like, all right, you got me on this one. I'll get you next time. Do you guys get that vibe from him? I think he's always tried to come off like losses don't bother him. Right. Like, I think he, I mean, and maybe they really do, and they should bother him, right? I think, but I, I also think that there's a lot of, uh, that's only half true, right? I don't think you become that great at anything if you're okay with losing. Yeah. So I'm not saying he's like not competitive, but I think uh, he's 
more concerned with his image at times. So he's going to make people believe he doesn't care about the loss because it makes him look a certain way rather than just being like, you know what? I'm pissed off we lost. It's, it goes back to Jordan. I'm going to fight. That means I got to get up in your ass a little bit. I'm going to do it. I was, I was thinking the same exact thing. And it almost feels like LeBron doesn't want to say that he lost when he gave it his all. You know what I mean? It's almost like one of those guys where you beat him and he he kind of looks at you like, well, I wasn't even trying. Yeah, you beat me, but I wasn't even I wasn't even trying. You know what I mean? Yeah. I would say there's another problem that they might have, uh, especially as they go down the fudge. Um, when you have two guys who are probably about the same amount of talent, no one's the alpha. And that's the problem <laughs> I've seen with that team is that no one wants to say, you know what, fuck it, I got this. Like, when they're both on, they're almost unbeatable. But one person needs to say, I got this every night. And I feel like they're kind of deferring to each other, like, oh, well, maybe AD got it tonight. Or maybe LeBron got it No, one person needs to say, I got right. And I think that's no. the problem they're, they're running into is that they actually probably just need a lot somebody as the, the focal point, you know? And whether they build it around AD or LeBron, somebody needs to be accountable. Um, yeah, that's a great point, man. I don't see LeBron walking up to AD and being like, hey, you know, you need to lead us. Like, right. I don't, I just don't see it happen. I think back to like Tony Parker in the N07, just because I, you know, that's the team we followed them, or I followed the most. And Rio, right. I think you're the same, as far as like the organization. And the same thing, like, I think it took Tim being like, yo, you know, do it. I'll, I'll do my part. Like, let's just get a ring. And I don't see LeBron in that part of his career yet. It, yeah. It was- oh. I was going to say, it worked for, like, Kobe and Shaq because Kobe was trying to say, I got it. <laughs> the whole time when Shaq was like, hey, I'm the fucking man. And Kobe was like, no, give me the fucking ball. I'm the man. So it worked in that, in that sense because both those guys wanted to be the man, but it doesn't seem the same energy. Yeah, and the thing about Kobe and Shaq was that Kobe was still super young, you know, 22, yeah. 23 years old. And so he wasn't even at his top yet, right? And Shaq was kind of there. Shaq was kind of right at his at, at his peak, and so Kobe was kind of just stubborn, and, and he wanted to be the guy. Um, so that you know, you know, and I think he did give it to Shaq for the most part in the first championship, maybe the second yeah. championship. But then after that, he got kind of like, "Hey, I'm pretty good too." Yeah. Um, and we're kind of seeing here where AD is probably at his peak, right? We're probably seeing yeah. prime time. The, the better, yeah. I think, better version of himself right now right and lebron we've we've already seen the best of lebron right what was the best yeah. of lebron again when he beat the 13, uh, warriors 14. i would yeah. say between 13 and 16 like those what do you years think it was the heat the heat years a- athletically speaking probably the best yeah those years okay yeah so we've already seen so he's on his down and it should it should, it should be ad i joked about it i said ad should he should average 50 a game against the damn uh, Rockets because who's gonna guard PJ him, right? Tucker. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's you know PJ Tucker, and it's like you have a foot on him. You should average. I mean, and yesterday he put up thirty six or something like that, thirty five, and he should have that every fucking game. I don't. It pisses me off that he doesn't. Here's an inter- interesting question: How would this team, the Rockets, do against the two thousand one or two uh, Lakers with Shaq? Oh. They'd be Shaq murdered. Would average 60. Yeah, they'd be murdered. Like, wouldn't small ball just totally fail if you have a guy with Shaq's talent and speed and power? 
Like, this is a small ball. You need somebody. You, you need, for the sake of fucking just relief, you're going to need somebody to put a body on him. And he has to be right. bigger than Draymond. He has to be bigger than... I mean, he's going to have to be almost seven foot two as well, you know? Just imagine Shaq running from block to block, right? And just catching the ball in the post. And, like, <laughs> he can literally score every single time he touches the ball. Like, who's going to stop him? He's going to dunk every single time. Yeah, and he had right. a nice little soft, like, you know, he, he had a little uh, turnaround hook. A little jump hook. Little, little, yeah, a little jump hook. Yeah, for sure. So, so, yeah, with that being said, if somebody would just fucking play with their back to the basket. That's what it is. You know, I watched LeBron, and I, I think I sent you guys the, the clip. I watched LeBron back down P.J. Tucker. And the caption on the clip was like, oh, P.J. Tucker's defense is on lockdown. No, LeBron caught the ball like 18 feet away from the basket, backed down P.J. Tucker slowly but surely, just backed his ass down like five feet away. But LeBron couldn't put a move to get the ball in the basket. He like threw it over his right shoulder. Like, it's like, give me something, man. Yeah, it's, um, I think the European big man has changed the game where now all big men think that they have to shoot three. Yeah. And the time that they're putting into that, they're not putting into playing with their back, you know, to the basket. I, I mean, I just, it's a different game now. But there might not be also a, um, a Shaq type athlete. I think uh, we always think that athletes get better over generations which it, we know this like in so tracks a great example like there's not been a usain bolt since usain bolt it's not like yeah. athletes just get better i mean usain bolt's a little more recent but um like there hasn't been a michael phelps you know and so athletes don't actually get better as quickly as people think athletically speaking so Shaq might have yeah. just been such a freak that there is nothing like that in the nba right now yeah and, and we may I'm, never we, we may never get another Shaq, right yeah, I wouldn't think so. Yeah, I wouldn't think so either. I mean, just the combination of size and he was fast. He was athletic. He catched the ball. He wasn't great at free throws, obviously, but that didn't mean he couldn't put the ball in from ten feet, right? Yeah. You know, he had the little jump hook, something that not even Giannis has right now. Like, imagine if Giannis could just play with his back to the basket, dribble in, and just do like a nice little jump hook from ten feet away. How effective would that be? Yeah, no, it would be great. I mean, I think they just think that everybody should be out on the perimeter. And this whole mm -hmm. idea, I don't know if Seth Curry just convinced everybody that y'all can all shoot three-pointers at 45% three-point clip. <laughs> no, we can't. Like, Giannis, sorry, you can't. So you probably shouldn't be getting the ball way the fuck out there unless you're going to come inside. Yeah, and I also think it caters to, to the style, man. Like, nobody wants to get dirty anymore. It goes back to the game getting soft. Like nobody wants to, nobody wants to work on the inside. Get you know, pound on the inside. Get beat up a little bit. Possibly get hurt. They just want to take the jump shot. Yeah. And then know. all the goddamn, all the damn uh, three-point wow. shot attempts that are called fouls because they nudge them on the body. Yeah. Or, and then all the reviews, like it's just so much ticky-tack yeah. stuff that just interrupts the flow of the game. That really kind of frustrates me as well dude game three the heat took i think 76 shots and 47 uh, were threes yeah yeah it's ridiculous and, <laughs> and to, that, to that yeah exactly and to that point too is 
that's the Bucks. That's what the Bucks do. They let the they let yeah. them shoot to three, right? They clog yeah. the middle so that all they do is shoot threes, or their opponent shoots threes, and they've ran into a Heat team that just, they just fucking make them, man. Hero, uh, Butler, not so much, right? But Dragic, uh, yeah. like they're. The Heat are legit, and they're 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 dismantling Reina's boy Giannis, the Greek freak, Antetokounmpo. Hey, hey, all I'm going to say about Giannis is that I am rooting for Giannis. I like Giannis's personality. I don't like how he's playing in the playoffs because the energy of him headbutting that fucking Washington bull, uh, bullets, Washington wizard guy. <laughs> Uh, whatever the bullets, his name. damn it. it you know, That's cancel he, culture, man. You can't do that. He can't, he went and headbutted a dude. And I was like, oh, yes, Giannis is coming in angry. I was hoping we were going to get tough Giannis, pissed off Giannis, mad Giannis. That's what I wanted to see. And I'm seeing scared Giannis. I, I don't, you know, I don't want to be here, Giannis. Um, he should just bully fucking Jimmy Butler. Come on, man. Just be a bully. Be yourself. Yeah. Who's I don't care if you get beat. Just be a bully, you know. Who's the toughest player in the NBA right now? Mm. Oh man. See, that's... and the fact that we have to think about it this long is a problem because before the toughest NBA players were superstars. Yeah, that's true. Like Chuck was tough, dude. Patrick yeah. Ewing was tough. He got thrown down and Jordan was tough. Carl Malone was tough. You know John I mean? Stockton was tough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, and and yeah. who who's the toughest? Who Maybe is it? Jimmy Butler. Jimmy Butler yeah, might be Butler the toughest at this point. Because Mark Moore is probably toughest. one of them, but Jimmy Butler is probably the other. I think. Yeah, I, I have a. I think there's a possibility that the toughest player could not be a superstar. Yeah, yeah. Marcus Morris right now is kind of being the tough man in the league. Dang, Marcus Morris. Where did Marcus Morris get that <laughs> shot, damn it? And why do the Lakers have the poor man's Marcus Morris? God, this is me off. <laughs> I, I would say that the Dallas Mavericks, I said this maybe two weeks on the podcast ago, should go and shop for a guy who can just be tough. I mean, yeah. at the end of the day, you need that in the playoffs. You, you and, need more and, than and we touched on this too, in that hopefully Luca turns into that tough superstar who's not going to back down. He can't be your star though, because you're you're going to get suspended a few times. You're basically the you're, you're taking the Bill Lambeer uh, role. So you, you know, want like you want like the dirty the dirty like kind of yeah. You uh, need a player that's going to go and cheap shot the other star just to teach him a lesson. <laughs> you know? Someone should have checked Marcus Morris, and it shouldn't have been Luca or Porzingis. It cost Porzingis a game. You know, it shouldn't have been those guys. You need those guys. You need another, you know, tough motherfucker to come in and just push Morris and want to, you know, just show him you ain't going to push, you know, you ain't going to beat up our rookie, you know, or not rookie, yeah. but second year guy. Yeah. Yeah. And that, that dude doesn't even have to be a, a big man. Like, I thought Stephen Jackson had that in him. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Stephen Jackson wasn't yeah. backing down from anybody. Right. For sure. Yeah. Fans are not. And even, even, right even. Guy, <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Even like Zach, <laughs> even like uh, like Zach Randolph. Zach yeah. Randolph, you do not, you did not want to see Zach Randolph in the back of an alley, right? Yeah, right. anywhere. Right? Zach Randolph. I'm sure he's a good dude, but he was Ron Artest. Yeah. Metal yeah. World Peace too. That guy was good too. 
And uh, and early prime Kendrick Perkins. Oh, Kendrick Perkins did his thing for a little while, yeah. yeah. And, then, uh, and then he got on Twitter, and now I just yeah, now it's terrible. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they, I I would love for the NBA to. I, I I don't like the direction they took the league from that standpoint of letting every single interaction altercation be like under the microscope. They started it back when LeBron and fucking Draymond were beefing, and it was a normal little situation, no big deal wasn't worth like oh you have to kick Draymond out of the game like that whole interaction I honestly thought if anybody should have been LeBron throwing him down you know throws him down tries to step over him you know Draymond kind of says get off me right. get off me and it was nothing it was nothing but right. I do know Adam Silver was like mm, my ratings okay. hey, my yeah, ratings need to go up <laughs> oh, and I I don't even think this was on our our topic to talk about but coming back full circle man i think that it's been lebron's league for a while and i think that the rest of the league superstars take their lead from him when it comes to persona and i think he has a major influence on why you know there's not as much toughness out there yeah and i don't mean like tough like play hurt that's not the toughness we're talking about right but. Well, it, it all started, I mean, uh, I say Draymond and LeBron, but obviously it started from the mouse of the palace. I think that was like the one thing that happened that totally uh. made the league have to step back on fighting because obviously that was a shit show. But um, that, that was a turning point because after that started the sideline rules, you know, you can't leave your sidelines during fights. There used to be fights. Right. This shit don't happen. Yeah, anymore. yeah. Now there's not even fights anymore. Man. It's like uh, people just, you know, acting tough until somebody comes to break them up. You know what I mean? Everyone just hoping that the fight gets break broken up before it starts. And here's my That's... fucking boxing is the most watched sport in the world. Fighting is great for business. We want to see fighting. <laughs> like, we love seeing CP3 and Rondo go at it. That was fun as hell. Like watching them two kind of go yeah. at it. That was the most exciting thing of that whole fucking season. Rondo's pretty tough. Rondo, that's a, that's a yeah. good, uh, that's a, Rondo's tough, but he's also old and probably not as relevant anymore. Yeah, and I think, um, I man, I I want to say I guess the last tough player to leave was is Kobe. Yeah, yeah, Kobe. Yeah, Kobe was the end of the of the uh, of that breed. You know, him, yeah. even even Tim Duncan was a quiet quiet strength, the quiet like. I'm not gonna back down from you. You know what I mean? Uh, That's true. Yeah, he he wasn't demonstrative, but he didn't. Yeah, right. he didn't just take anything. Yeah, no, no one those two him either. Yeah. Kevin Garnett. You know, we could we could sit here and fucking just name ninety two thousand basketball players I that feel were like just Kevin Garnett was a fraud fighter. I feel Damn. like he was the guy that did this. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, he wanted to fight everybody, but he always did it from a distance. Because he knew damn well he was still only probably about 220 and he was going to get guys. <laughs> <laughs> like 7'8, 220, fucking tall and lengthy. He, he was went. one of the dudes that figured out, like, if you talk trash to Tim, he's going to destroy you. Like, oh, yeah. on the court. And I think that's why people just didn't even bother messing with yeah, Tim. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Kevin Garnett never had a chance against Tim Duncan. But let's go back to that, uh, that Bucks Heat. The Heat. Like they kind of surprised. I mean, they're. I mean, they were good, right? But what were they? Four. They're four seed right now, and they just absolutely destroying them. And I think a lot of it has to do with Coach Bud being a fraud. What do you think about that? Yeah, 
I agree. Yeah. He, oh man, he just. I mean, you think about, you think about that team that he had in Atlanta where they were the best, uh, they were number one seed in the East. I forgot what year it was. Uh, they had a pretty good squad and they were number one in the East, had a sick offense. And I think they yeah. got bounced in the second round, right? Yeah. It's, it, um, man, he, it feels like, after the game one loss, it's like, okay, we're just going to go out and we're going to continue to play our game. And then they yeah. lose game two. It's like, okay, well, we're just going to go out and continue to play our game. It's like, at some point, you're going to get figured out. And right. you have to you have to have a second and third option. you got to adjust. Yeah. And, you know, how they haven't adjusted the lineup minute-wise as far as, like, um, minutes distribution to get more perimeter defenders out there. Yeah. I mean, well, I don't know if they really have any, but I mean, you know, you gotta adjust, and it just feels like Miami's like, okay, well, we'll just keep shooting threes. Like, right. I think they were the third, the third best three-point shooting team in the league. Yeah, yeah. Like, so they've been good all year, and and for the for exactly for the Bucks not to make that adjustment, it's that's on Coach Bud, you know, Giannis, and Giannis yeah. hasn't showed up either. But at the same time, you know. Coach Bud, I think I think coaching has a lot more like basketball. You don't really think about the coaching as much as you would say football, right? Or even baseball because of managing the game. Basketball, good coaching goes a real long way. So here's what: if I'm Coach Bud after Game One, and if you were read my article, <laughs> um, here's what I'm doing: I'm calling. Giannis at 2 a.m. after game one because I know Giannis is probably up and no one who loves the game that much is probably going to sleep at night. He's probably pissed off. I'm calling him at 2 a.m. in his hotel and I'm saying, hey, you're the Greek freak. You're not a splash bro. Play like the Greek freak and don't play like a a splash bro. Like stop playing from the perimeter. Stop trying to take the easy three Go and attack. Go show your skills and do what you do, man. Like, right. I think you got to fire. You got to hit Giannis, man. You got to tell him you got to be the man. And I think Bud had to do that, and he hasn't done it. He hasn't gotten tough on Giannis and tell him that's your style. Go be Giannis. Because he's settling for that outside shot, and he fucking shoots 25% from the three-point line. Him and Russell Westbrook, both. Like, they are not outside shooters. Give him that shot all day of the week. He just think, doesn't seem like he's in control. Yeah, I think that there's something to former film guys becoming great coaches. because oh, coming th- up the ranks? Right, because I think that people like Brett Brown and Coach Bud, what they can do is they know how to build culture because they were around it with the Spurs, right? And culture is right. a huge part. I think culture can take you a long way. Like a Absolutely. long way, yeah. But then I think to get to that upper tier, the t- like the top, the mountaintop, you have to have culture plus the fundamentals of X's and O's, and that's why I think there's something about film guys is that they've watched so much damn film. I mean, when you watch that much film, you're gonna learn things whether or not you want to learn. Yeah. Like you're just gonna learn. I mean, you know what I mean? It's just impossible. It's just coming coming at you nonstop. And then so I think when you combine that with and I think that's what we're seeing with Spolstra you know I, I yeah. mean so yeah I, I like just, Spolstra yeah I, I just like I'm not I mean obviously Coach Bud knows X and O's I'm not saying they don't but you know to, to a honest, point of 
the chess match. Like when you have the best player in the league, when you have the two time, you know, defending MVP, like. Right. Yeah, no, it's uh, it's been a, a like watching the Bucks. They they seem very disorganized on offense more than anything. They seem like they don't really have a lot of scheming or playmaking going on. Um, they're they're putting a wall in front of Giannis and they're not spreading out the the, the offense. It didn't seem like there's any other option. And so Giannis is running into like three defenders coming down the uh, court, and so they're they're kind of just playing Giannis and overplaying him. But there's not a plan for what's supposed to happen after that. Um, yeah, they need to find ways to get him some space and get him some one-on-one opportunities, but it's too late for that now. I mean, they're fucked. But um, they should have done that after game one. And so, and so, Giannis is taking a hit right now, injured or not. He's he's definitely taking the, you know, can he win the big game? Is he can he win the series? You know, there's a lot of question marks around Giannis, similar to what we saw in the playoffs this last year, NFL playoffs with Lamar Jackson, right? Lamar had an incredible regular season and kind of fizzled out in the uh, in the playoffs. So where in between those two. Yeah, you kind of cut out there, but I think you're saying like, the, what's the similarities between those two? Yeah, where do you see the co- connection between those two, uh, Lamar Jackson and Giannis with how their uh, regular season versus failed uh, postseason my take is that you know they're both incredibly athletic they're very similar they're both freak athletes and everyone you know they say like well when you get to the playoffs things change I don't feel like they should I think someone like Lamar Jackson just like Giannis should lean way more into their strengths rather than try to reinvent the, the wheel in the playoffs so Lamar should be running and they should be running a lot of scheme plays to get him out of the pocket and do exactly what he's supposed to do. You know, don't turn into a passing quarterback. And I felt like that was kind of happening in the in the last game against the Titans. They weren't allowing him to kind of be Lamar Jackson, you know? Right. And that's a big that's a big thing with Giannis. Too. You shouldn't be shifting what you do in the playoffs. You should be doing exactly what got you there. And, um, you know, I think someone like Lamar Jackson he shouldn't have to answer to like you know oh, the critics saying oh well a running quarterback can't win the big game you should show them how a running quarterback should win a big game yeah i think a lot of it also has to do um with coaching you know i think it's easy to point the finger and say that it's the coach it's a coaching issue in milwaukee because of the fact that bud hasn't you know won a ring before i think it's going to be harder to do that in baltimore being that uh, Harbaugh has one before, yeah. you know? That's true. And twice, once with Trent Dilfer and once with, uh, you know, Joe Flacco. So um, I think that Rio's right that Lamar has to lean more on his strengths. I think that Harbaugh needs to call, you know, more plays for his strengths. But, and I mean, I think Harbaugh made the right. Remember that game where he benched Flacco and kept Lamar in and Lamar, he kept Lamar in the playoff game and Lamar, I think, threw like four or five picks or something. Yeah. It was something ridiculous. And it was just, he was going down with the ship and he knew, like, he knew he was going to be the one. So he's the guy now. And so, yeah. Got to let him, you got to let him do his thing. Right. Yeah, and it and it's uh, it's crazy because you see uh, incredible. I mean, and, and they're both so young, right? They're both so freaking young, and it's almost like 
okay, well, when are you going to win it? Well, let's give him a couple, let's give him a couple years and then we can start asking those questions, but that's not how it works. Right. So we can't really do that. You know, we want you to win now. We want, but we have to remember that, you know, the great players, most great players, it took a while for them to really, to win. They had to go through it. They had to lose a few times and then ultimately, you know, they, they're going to win multiple championships. And I think you can expect that from from them. I, I think you can probably expect that from them. I think the NFL is the worst sport about this. And that is when you have a player as young as Patrick Mahomes take a team to the Super Bowl, it puts more pressure on other players at that position, especially yeah. if they're a year or two older. And if it doesn't happen, they start making changes quicker. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They're more likely to give up on somebody or, yeah, change it and make them go to a different team or whatever, you know, just release them. Um, but now that we're on the NFL, uh, Thursday, three days from today, uh, man, we're, we're back. It's snuck up on us. We were talking about how quickly the thing just snuck up. No preseason. Um, some teams will have fans, some won't. We have uh, Texans versus Chiefs on Thursday. That's gonna be that's gonna be our first uh, our first look at all five hundred million dollar man Patrick Mahomes. That's gonna be a fun one. Yeah, I'm, I mean, you know football is back. I love it. I think it snuck up on all of us, but you know our Sundays are taken now. Our Monday nights too, <laughs> and sometimes even Thursday night. <laughs> I'm, I'm interested to see how the Texans look after the crazy moves that they have made yeah. over the last couple of years. I just want to see like if there's actually or, or see what the thought process is right. and and how the team looks. I I mean I don't think it's gonna fare all that well considering they're going up against the defending champs. But um, I'm interested to see how that plays out throughout the season. Hopefully terribly, but you know, we'll see. <laughs> I'm not yeah, taking. I've spoken with uh, Texas. The Texans are loud. Oh no, breaking up again. Anxious and overconfident. Not so much this year. There's, they're kind, they're a little, uh, a little scared too. You know, as they should be, like us Cowboys fans. You know, we, you know, some of us are loud, obnoxious, and uh, unrealistic. But the true ones who know what they're talking about, we know that. Fuck, we got a hard battle in front of us, man. I mean, we were eight and eight last year. It's freaking awful. We got a new coach. Hopefully that helps. But uh, I'm optimistic about the team. I think the Cowboys definitely have a lot of pieces to be one of the better teams. Talent-wise, they have one of the better teams. Um, right. It's really, it's going to be interesting what Mike McCarthy can do with that team. Um, whether Jason Garrett was the problem, essentially, we'll find out. But um, the pieces are there for the Dallas. I, yeah, mean, I think, is. yeah, and I think going back to what we were talking about earlier with uh, coaches, I think McCarthy brings a disciplined culture, which is something that has not been in Dallas for a very long time. And yes. so I think that that could fare well. The boys, I'm, I'm, but yeah, I'm interested to see how much uh, rope J, uh, Jerry Jones give Mike gives Mike McCarthy, because I am still a firm believer that Jason Garrett was nothing more than a scapegoat for all the shit that the Dallas Cowboys didn't do. Like he had zero responsibility of that team. He called timeouts and he decided when to punt. 
other than that, he didn't call the plays. He didn't call offense. Didn't call defense. You know, it was just he didn't make the roster because that's Jerry's job. So what did he ultimately do, right? And I think we're gonna see with Mike McCarthy what's gonna happen. Uh, how much you know? How much he can really have an impact on this team? Yeah, I just I want to see when a player screws up. I want to see them like be told about it right. when they're coming back to the sideline. Like I want to see that. I mean, I think because the the biggest I think the biggest gripe that you heard was that players knew that they didn't have to answer to Jason Garrett. And the, so the locker room there was there was no accountability going on there. And there's no accountability going on in the games. Yeah, exactly. So. Yeah, it'll be interesting. But the the difference between a good team and a bad team isn't very much. You know, the 49ers were yeah, nowhere last year, and then they came in hot. I think certain teams have a lot more talent to be better, uh, like the Seahawks, the Saints. I'll put the Cowboys in that group where they have enough talent that they should be good, but they have a bad season. Um, some teams don't have a lot of talent at all. So, you know, I think, yeah, a team like Dallas or even, you know, the Saints for sure. But, you know, you can consider them like teams that should do well, but, you know, if their season doesn't go well, that's something else. Yeah. Yeah, and, and I'm not much of a, like, preseason prediction. I'm not, I'm, not in, I'm not really into that too, too much because this time last year, if you guys remember, the Cleveland Browns were favored to win the NFC North, AFC North last year. You know what I mean? That's freaking ridiculous. And that's, and that's the same division that has Lamar Jackson in it. Uh, and look what happened to them. So, you know, I'm not going to say that, they're, you know, this team's going to be well, this team's, you know, this team's going to be favorite. But what I am looking forward to, and you guys can give me your, what you're looking forward to here shortly. Uh, what I am looking forward to is what happens in New England with Bill Belichick and Cam Newton. Everything I'm reading out of New England is getting me excited. Uh, I love I, I love Tom Brady, which is why I liked New England, you know, over the last few years. Um, but I love Cam Newton as well. So him going to New England and seeing what Bill Belichick can do and seeing basically Bill Belichick's now look, it wasn't Tom, it was me, right? That's what he's that's what he's trying to do. And Cam has something to prove too. That whole that whole duo right there has a ton to prove and I'm looking forward to seeing what they do uh, this season. What do you guys think about the the Patriots this year? I think the Patriots will make the playoffs for sure. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if they'll make it as a wild card or division winner, but I think they'll make a playoffs. And I think when they're in the playoffs, as I mean, I, I get that it's not Tom Brady, but I think anything can happen because I don't know of a better like preparer, cheating or not, then uh, Belichick and his staff. <laughs> right. And, and uh, yeah, I said the same thing about the, the Patriots have to – I mean, who are they going to beat? They, or who are they going to lose to, the Bills? Yeah, the Bills are – they're okay. They're good. But, I mean, it's the Bills still, right? Raina, what do you think? Bills are tough. I'll give the Bills their I, – I think the Bills are tough. But I, I will say that I, I give the Patriots um, – I want to see what they're going to do with how they're going to run that offense. Uh, you know, now you have a mobile quarterback. Um, you know, he's going to have a few other plays that he's going to run. It's going, it's going to be interesting to see how he's going to function with, um, you know, they used a lot of those short passes a lot. Yeah. And uh, a lot of James White, a lot of check downs. Um, they weren't really a stretch the field down the, you know, they didn't do a lot of vertical passing 
with Tom. So it, it's not really a big change for him. Now he just got a guy who can actually get a thousand yards in a season, not a career. Um, so <laughs> Tom's yeah. little Brady, you've seen that 40, right. terrible. That, yeah, that's that's going to be the biggest thing, I think, is is now they have a, and I'm not saying that they're going to run Cam a whole lot because they probably won't because he's kind of, he, he gets hurt as well. But you have a mobile quarterback that throws a it throws a few more plays into the playbook. Yeah, but Tom didn't really stretch the field very much either, and I think it just adds an element. Um, obviously, he's probably not with the same type of readability as like you know the goat, but at right. the same time, he's going to have similar plays, but with just more different directions he can go with the play. So it'll be interesting. And I think uh, Cam's legs will give an extra second or two of life to each play, and right. that's an eternity for someone like Julian Edelman yeah. to get open. So that'd be interesting. Yeah. And the last thing on that is is uh, they didn't go super downfield because they didn't have anybody to go downfield. Who's their biggest threat? Gronk, uh, right? He was probably yeah. their biggest threat wide receiver receiving wise. So, um, and they really still don't have anybody to but go downfield. Th- so. That's not that's not by uh, oh they didn't have anybody. They could have had somebody. That's just how they like to run their offense. They like to run very conservative sets and they like to keep it all within well, five to eight yards. Yeah, and they, they I think they had a plan too, and just Antonio Brown went crazy. That's oh, true. that's true. Yeah, yeah, that's true. So that's true. So uh, another, what's your uh, one thing you're looking forward to this season, Reyna? Um, for me, I want to see um, what happens if, <laughs> if they have COVID. <laughs> are they going to do the baseball? We're going to just sit some people out, or are they just going to say, fuck it? <laughs> so I'm, I'm interested to see how the season plays out from the actual logistics of it. I think it's throwing a wrench into the system, and I think the NFL is a lot tougher uh, as a league. And I think there might be something that happens that we're like, you know, they might have COVID and still play. <laughs> like, that might actually happen. You know, these guys are tougher, you know, and I think they don't have the the type of time in their schedule to just take games off like in baseball. They don't, they don't have that opportunity. So, right. taking baseball, time off, you you're can, out. Yeah, baseball, you can make up games easy. You know what I mean? Yeah. They just play two the next time they, they're on the schedule. Kirk Cousins, football, my favorite – my favorite player, Kirk Cousins, uh, made a comment earlier about if I get COVID, <laughs> I die. I die. I think he's coming from Drago, but all I'm going to say about Kirk Cousins, I love you, Kirk. Always rooting for you, baby. Um, <laughs> is that represents the NFL's attitude towards COVID? Yeah, I'm good with that for sure. Um, and I heard, I heard something about like you'd be surprised if all teams play the full season. You know what I mean? And that's going to be super weird. I know Raina was pissed off about that in the NBA on how teams didn't play the same amount of games. Um, that's going to be, yeah, that's going to be weird if that's the case uh, in, the, in the football and NFL. So, uh, Danny, give me uh, one thing you're looking forward to. It's probably, it's not going to be a top, top story, but I do want to see how Joe, Joe Burrow comes out this rookie season. Yeah. You know, I uh, he just... I mean, he lit up like everybody last year uh, yeah. at LSU, and and I, I you know, I I like seeing young guys come out and do well, um, you know, especially right out of the right out of the gate. Um, so it's a high it's a high profile position, not necessarily in a high profile city, but I think doing it like in his home state's kind of cool. I think it's a good story. Seems like a good dude. So 
Yeah. And, and yeah. I'm also curious to know if uh, the NFL teams are going to report COVID the way they report concussions, which is not very much. Yeah, very much that. Yeah, I guess that's kind of what Reyna was kind of getting at, right? It's like, what is, what's going to happen? I mean, because that's, that's, that's the ultimate next man up sport, right? Like, okay, you got a fucking concussion and you're our backup uh, right guard. Sorry, you're out of here. We'll get the next guy. You know what I mean? And did y'all see how Josh McCown was, uh, he signed a contract for like 15000 a week um, just as the emergency uh, emergency quarterback. Um, y'all didn't see that? Uh-oh, yeah, I forgot it? which, yeah, I should probably know this. If I bring it up, I should probably know. But a team signed him. He's the uh, emergency quarterback. He doesn't have to do anything. He just has to kind of be ready to report just in case they need him. For sixty time. grand a month, for yeah. sixty grand yeah. a month, yeah. oh yeah, just living the dream. Right. Just living the dream. Damn, is Vinny Tessaverdi still on payroll somewhere? <laughs> yeah, the dude's forty-one. Yeah, it's like <laughs> he's the uh, Bobby Bonilla of the NFL, huh? Vinny Tessaverdi. <laughs> Meanwhile, Colin Kaepernick still can't get a job. Yeah. Oh no, story. Don't get canceled. All right, fellas. Well, hey, it's a good one. Labor Day, Labor Day Monday feels like a Sunday. It you does. Know, the sun's going down. You guys, uh, you got anything, uh, anything at the end here? U.S. Open is coming out. If you find uh, Tiger sitting at forty to one, take it. <laughs> oh, little golf U.S. Open hot take, Reyna. Oh man, just getting ready for this uh, Thursday night football. The Scalpos, which is my fantasy football team name, Scalpo 19, is don't get, ready. Don't, don't get canceled. Oh, no. Scalpo 19, baby. <laughs> it is ready to do some damage. I'm already doing trade talks. Fantasy football takes up way too much time in my life, but I wouldn't have it any other way. <laughs> Fantasy's back. NFL's back. Baseball's here. Basketball's here. Golf is here. Tennis is here. Man, we are in We are in. Uh, quarantine heaven right now at least we have stuff to do uh so for the boys we miss db today db come back soon we'll get you next time next week south of the crowd september 7th later Solid. Solid.